Chapter Six of Jack and Jill. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Jack and Jill by Louisa May Alcott. Chapter Six. Surprises. Is it pleasant? Was the question Jill asked before she was fairly awake on Christmas morning? Yes, dear, as bright as heart could wish now eat a bit and then i'll make you nice for the day's pleasure i only hope it won't be too much for you answered mrs peck bustling about happy yet anxious for jill was to be carried over to mrs minot's and it was her first attempt at going out since the accident it seemed as if nine o'clock would never come and jill with wraps all ready lay waiting in a fever of impatience for the doctor's visit as he wished to superintend the moving at last he came found all promising, and having bundled up his small patient, carried her with Frank's help in her chair-bed to the ox-sled, which was drawn to the next door, and Miss Jill landed in the boys' den before she had time to get either cold or tired. Mrs. Minot took her things off with a cordial welcome, but Jill never said a word, for, after one exclamation, she lay staring about her, dumb with surprise and delight at what she saw. The great room was entirely changed, for now it looked like a garden, or one of the fairy scenes children love, where indoors and out-of-doors are pleasantly combined. The ceiling was pale blue like the sky. The walls were covered with a paper like rustic trellis, up which climbed morning glories so naturally that the many-colored bells seemed dancing in the wind. Birds and butterflies flew among them, and here and there, through arches in the trellis, one seemed to look into a sunny summer world, contrasting curiously with the wintry landscape lying beyond the real windows, festooned with evergreen garlands and curtained only by stands of living flowers. A green droguette covered the floor like grass, rustic chairs from the garden stood about, and in the middle of the room a handsome hemlock waited for its pretty burden a yule log blazed on the wide hearth and over the chimney-piece framed in holly shone the words that set all hearts to dancing merry christmas do you like it dear this is our surprise for you and jack and here we mean to have good times together said mrs minot who had stood quietly enjoying the effect of her work oh it is so lovely i don't know what to say and jill put up both arms as words failed her and grateful kisses were all she had to offer can you suggest anything more to add to the pleasantness asked the gentle lady holding the small hands in her own and feeling well repaid by the child's delight only jack and jill's laugh was good to hear as she glanced up with merry yet wistful eyes <laughs> you are right we'll have him in at once or he will come hopping on one leg <laughs> and away hurried his mother laughing too for whistles shouts thumps and violent demonstrations of all kinds had been heard from the room where jack was raging with impatience while he waited for his share of the surprise jill could hardly lie still when she heard the roll of another chair-bed coming down the hall its passage enlivened with cries of starboard port easy now pull away from ralph and frank as they steered the recumbent columbus on his first voyage of discovery well i call that handsome was jack's exclamation when the full beauty of the scene burst upon his view then he forgot all about it and gave a whoop of pleasure 
for there beside the fire was an eager face two hands beckoning and jill's voice crying joyfully i'm here i'm here oh do come quick down the long room rattled the chair jack cheering all the way and brought up beside the other one as the long-parted friends exclaimed with one accord isn't this jolly it certainly did look so for ralph and frank danced a wild sort of fandango around the tree dr whiting stood and laughed while the two mothers beamed from the doorway and the children not knowing whether to laugh or to cry compromised the matter by clapping their hands and shouting merry christmas to everybody like a pair of little maniacs then they all sobered down and the busy ones went off to the various duties of the day leaving the young invalids to repose and enjoy themselves together how nice you look said jill when they had duly admired the pretty room so do you gallantly returned jack as he surveyed her with unusual interest they did look very nice though happiness was the principal beautifier jill wore a red wrapper with the most brilliant of all the necklaces sparkling at her throat over a nicely crimped frill her mother had made in honor of the day all the curly black hair was gathered into a red net and a pair of smart little moccasins covered the feet that had not stepped for many a weary day jack was not so gay but had made himself as fine as circumstances would permit a gray dressing-gown with blue cuffs and collar was very becoming to the blond youth an immaculate shirt best studs sleeve buttons blue tie and handkerchief wet with cologne sticking out of the breast-pocket gave an air of elegance in spite of the afghan spread over the lower portions of his manly form the yellow hair was brushed till it shone and being parted in the middle to hide the black patch made by two engaging little quirls on his forehead the summer tan had faded from his cheeks but his eyes were as blue as the wintry sky and nearly every white tooth was visible as he smiled on his partner in misfortune saying cheerily i'm ever so glad to see you again guess we are over the worst of it now and can have good times won't it be fun to stay here all the while and amuse one another yes indeed but one day is so short it'll be stupider than ever when i go home to-night answered jill looking about her with longing eyes but you are not going home to-night you are to stay ever so long didn't mamma tell you no oh how splendid am i really where will i sleep what will mommy do without me and jill almost sat up she was so delighted with the new surprise that room in there is all fixed for you i made frank tell me so much mamma said i might tell you but i didn't think she would be able to hold in if she saw you first your mother is coming too and we are all going to have larks together till we are well the splendor of this arrangement took jill's breath away and before she got it again in came frank and ralph with two clothes baskets of treasures to be hung upon the tree while they wired on the candles the children asked questions and found out all they wanted to know about the new plans and pleasures who fixed all this mamma thought of it and ralph and i did it he's the man for this sort of thing you know he proposed cutting out the arches and sticking on birds and butterflies just the way they look best i put those canaries over there they look so well against the blue and frank proudly pointed out some queer orange-colored fowls looking as if they were having fits in the air but very effective nevertheless your mother said you might call this the bird room we caught a scarlet tanager for you to begin with didn't we jack 
and ralph threw a bonbon at jill who looked very like a bright little bird in a warm nest good for you yes we are going to keep her in this pretty cage till we can both fly off together i say jill where shall we be in our classes when we do get back and jack's merry face fell at the thought at the foot if we don't study and keep up doctor said that i might study sometimes if i'd lie still as long as he thought best and molly brought home my books and mary says she will come in every day and tell me where the lessons are i don't mean to fall behind if my backbone is cracked said jill with a decided nod that made several black rings fly out of the net to dance on her forehead frank said he'd pull me along in my latin but i've been lazy and haven't done a thing let's just go at it and start fair for new year proposed jack who did not love study as the bright girl did but was ashamed to fall behind her in anything all right they've been reviewing so we can keep up when they begin if we work next week while well, the rest have a holiday oh dear i do miss school dreadfully and jill sighed for the old desk every blot and notch of which was dear to her there come our things and pretty nice they look too said jack and his mother began to dress the tree hanging up the gay horns the gilded nuts red and yellow apples and oranges and festooning long strings of popcorn and scarlet cranberries from bough to bough with the glittering necklaces hung where the light would show their colors best i never saw such a splendid tree before i'm glad we could help though we were ill is it all done now asked jill when the last parcel was tied on and everybody stood back to admire the pretty sight one thing more hand me that box frank and be very careful that you fasten this up firmly ralph answered mrs minot as she took from its wrappings the waxen figure of a little child the rosy limbs were very lifelike so was the smiling face under the locks of shining hair both plump arms were outspread as if to scatter blessings over all and downy wings seemed to flutter from the dimpled shoulders making an angel of the baby is it st nicholas asked jill who had never seen that famous personage and knew but little of christmas festivities it is the christ child whose birthday we are celebrating i got the best i could find for i like the idea better than old santa claus though we may have him too said mamma holding the little image so that both could see it well it looks like a real baby and jack touched the rosy foot with the tip of his finger as if expecting a crow from the half-open lips it reminds me of the saints in the chapel of the sacred heart in montreal one little saint john looked like this only he had a lamb instead of wings said jill stroking the flaxen hair and wishing she dared ask for it to play with he is the children's saint to pray to love and imitate for he never forgot them but blessed and healed and taught them all his life this is only a poor image of the holiest baby ever born but i hope it will keep his memory in your minds all day because this is the day for good resolutions happy thoughts and humble prayers as well as play and gifts and feasting while she spoke mrs minot touching the little figure as tenderly as if it were alive 
had tied a broad white ribbon round it and handing it to ralph bade him fasten it to the hook above the treetop where it seemed to float as if the downy wings supported it jack and jill lay silently watching with a sweet sort of soberness in their young faces and for a moment the room was very still as all eyes looked up at the blessed child the sunshine seemed to grow more golden as it flickered on the little head the flames glanced about the glittering tree as if trying to climb and kiss the baby feet and without a chime of bells rang sweetly calling people to hear again the lovely story of the life begun on christmas day only a minute but it did them good and presently when the pleasant work was over and the workers gone the boys to church and mamma to see about lunch for the invalids jack said gravely to jill i think we ought to be extra good every one is so kind to us and we are getting well and going to have such capital times don't see how i can do anything else to show we are grateful it isn't easy to be good when one is sick said jill thoughtfully i fret dreadfully i get so tired of being still i want to scream sometimes but i don't because it would scare mommy so i cry do you cry jack men never do i want to trap round when things bother me but i can't so i kick and say hang it and when i get a very bad pitch into frank and he lets me i tell you jill he's a good brother and jack privately resolved then and there to invite frank to take it out of him in any form he pleased as soon as health would permit i rather think we shall grow good in this pretty place for i don't see how we can be bad if we want to it is all so nice and sort of pious here said jill with her eyes on the angel over the tree a fellow can be awfully hungry i know that i didn't half eat breakfast i was in such a hurry to see you and know all about the secrets frank kept saying i couldn't guess that you had come and i never would be ready till finally i got mad and fired an egg at him and made no end of a mess jack and jill went off into a gale of laughter at the idea of dignified frank dodging the egg that smashed on the wall leaving an indelible mark of jack's besetting sin in patience just then mrs minot came in well pleased to hear such pleasant sounds and to see two merry faces where usually one listless one met her anxious eyes the new medicine works well neighbor she said to mrs peck who followed with the lunch tray indeed it does mim i feel as if i'd taken a sup myself i'm that easy in my mind and she looked so too for she seemed to have left all her cares in the little house when she locked the door behind her and now stood smiling with a clean apron on so fresh and cheerful that jill hardly knew her own mother things taste better when you have someone to eat with you observed jack as they devoured sandwiches and drank milk out of little mugs with rosebuds on them don't eat too much or you won't be ready for the next surprise said his mother when the plates were empty and the last drop gone down throats dry with much chatter more surprises oh what fun cried jill and all the rest of the morning in the intervals of talk and play they tried to guess what it could be at two o'clock they found out for dinner was served in the bird-room and the children revelled in the simple feast prepared for them the two mothers kept the little bed-tables well supplied and fed their nurslings like maternal birds 
while frank presided over the feast with great dignity and ate a dinner which would have astonished mamma if she had not been too busy to observe how fast the mince pie vanished the girls said christmas was spoiled because of us but i don't think so and they won't either when they see the splendid place and know all about our nice plans said jill luxuriously eating the nut meats jack picked out for her as they lay in eastern style at the festive board i call this broken bones made easy i never had a better christmas have a raisin here's a good fat one and jack made a long arm to jill's mouth which began to sing little jack horner as an appropriate return it would have been a lonesome one to all of us i'm thinking but for your mother boys my duty and hearty thanks to you ma'am put in grateful mrs peck bowing over her coffee-cup as she had seen ladies bow over their wine-glasses at dinner-parties in old england i rise to propose a health our mothers and frank stood up with a goblet of water for not even at christmas time was wine seen on that table hip hip hurrah called jack baptizing himself with a good sprinkle as he waved his glass and drank the toast with a look that made his mother's eyes fill with happy tears jill threw her mother a kiss feeling very grown-up and elegant to be dining out in such style then they drank every one's health with much merriment till frank declared that jack would float off on the deluge of water he splashed about in his enthusiasm and mamma proposed a rest after the merry-making now the best fun is coming and we have not long to wait said the boy when naps and rides about the room had whiled away the brief interval between dinner and dusk for the evening entertainment was to be an early one to suit the invalid's bedtime i hope the girls will like their things i helped to choose them and each has a nice present i don't know mine though and i'm in the twitter to see it said jill as they lay waiting for the fun to begin i do i chose it so i know you will like one of them anyway have i got more than one i guess you'll think so when they are handed down the bell was going all day yesterday and the girls kept bringing in bundles for you i see seven now and jack rolled his eyes from one mysterious parcel to another hanging on the laden boughs i know something too that square bundle is what you want ever so much i told frank and he got it for his present it is all red and gold outside and every sort of color inside you'll hurrah when you see it the roundest one is yours too i made them cried jill pointing to a flat package tied to the stem of the tree and a neat little roll in which were the blue mittens that she had knit for him i can wait but the boy's eyes shone with eagerness and he could not resist firing two or three popcorns at it to see whether it was hard or soft that barking dog is for boo and the little yellow sled so molly can drag him to school he always tumbles down so when it is slippery continued jill proud of her superior knowledge as she showed a small spotted animal hanging by its tail with a red tongue displayed as if about to taste the sweeties in the horn below don't talk about sleds for mercy's sake i never want to see another and you wouldn't either if you had to lie with a flat iron tied to your ankle as i do said jack with a kick of the well leg and an ireful glance at the weight attached to the other that it might not contract while healing well i think plasters and liniment and rubbing as bad as flat irons any day i don't believe you ached half so much as i have 
though it sounds worse to break legs than to sprain your back protested jill eager to prove herself the greater sufferer as invalids are apt to be i guess you wouldn't think so if you've been pulled round as i when they set my leg oh caesar how, how it did hurt and jack squirmed at the recollection of it you didn't faint away as i did when the doctor was finding out if my vertebrums were hurt so now cried jill bound to carry her point though not at all clear what vertebrae were <sighs> girls always faint men are braver and i didn't faint a bit in spite of all that horrid agony you howled frank told me so the doctor said i was a brave girl so you needn't brag for you'll have to go on a crutch for a while i know that you may have to use two of them for years maybe i heard the doctor tell my mother so i shall be up and about long before you will now then both children were getting excited for the various pleasures of the day had been rather too much for them and there is no knowing but that they would have added the sad surprise of a quarrel to the pleasant ones of the day if a cheerful whistle had not been heard as ralph came in to light the candles and give the last artistic touches to the room well young folks how goes it had a merry time so far he asked as he fixed the steps and ran up with a lighted match in his hand very nice thank you answered a prim little voice from the dusk below for only the glow of the fire filled the room just then jack said nothing and two red sulky faces were hidden in the dark watching candle after candle sputter brighten and twinkle till the trembling shadows began to flit away like imps afraid of the light now he will see my face and i know it is cross thought jill as ralph went round the last circle leaving another line of sparks among the hemlock boughs jack thought the same and had just got the frown smoothed out of his forehead when frank brought a fresh log and a glorious blaze sprung up filling every corner of the room and dancing over the figures in the long chairs till they had to brighten whether they liked it or not presently the bell began to ring and gave voices to sound below then jill smiled in spite of herself as molly lou's usual cry of oh dear where is that child reached her and jack could not help keeping time to the march ed played while frank and gus marshalled the procession ready cried mrs minot at last and up came the troop of eager lads and lasses brave in holiday suits with faces to match a unanimous oh 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 burst from twenty tongues as the full splendor of the tree the room and its inmates dawned upon them for not only did the pretty christ child hover above but santa claus himself stood below fur-clad white-bearded and powdered with snow from the dredging box ralph was a good actor and when the first raptures were over he distributed the presents with such droll speeches jokes and gambols that the room rang with merriment and passers-by paused to listen sure that here at least christmas was merry it would be impossible to tell about all the gifts or the joy of the receivers but every one was satisfied and the king and queen of the revels so overwhelmed with little tokens of goodwill that their beds looked like booths at a fair jack beamed over the handsome postage stamp book which had long been the desire of his heart and jill felt like a millionaire with a silver fruit knife a pretty work-basket and oh coals of fire on her head 
a ring from Jack. A simple little thing enough, with one tiny turquoise forget-me-not, but something like a dewdrop fell on it when no one was looking, and she longed to say, I'm sorry I was cross. Forgive me, Jack. But it could not be done then, so she turned to admire Mary's bedshoes, the pots of pansies, hyacinths, and geranium which Gus and his sisters sent for her window garden, Molly's queer Christmas pie, and the zither Ed promised to teach her how to play upon. The tree was soon stripped, and popcorns strewed the floor as the children stood about picking them off the red threads when candy gave out, with an occasional cranberry by way of relish. Boo insisted on trying the new sled at once, and enlivened the trip by the squeaking of the spotted dog, the toot of a tin trumpet, and shouts of joy at the splendor of the turnout. The girls all put on their necklaces and danced about like fine ladies at a ball. The boys fell to comparing skates, balls, and cuff buttons on the spot, while the little ones devoted all their energies to eating everything eatable they could lay their hands on. Games were played till nine o'clock, and then the party broke up, after they had taken hands round the tree and sung a song written by one whom you all know. So faithfully and beautifully does she love and labor for children the world over. The Blessed Day What shall little children bring on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day? What shall little children bring on Christmas Day in the morning? This shall little children bring on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. Love and joy to Christ the King on Christmas Day in the morning. What shall little children sing on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day? What shall little children sing on Christmas Day in the morning? The grand old carol shall they sing on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. With all their hearts their offerings bring on Christmas Day in the morning. Jack was carried off to bed in such haste that he had only time to call out, Good night, before he was rolled away, gaping as he went. Jill soon found herself tucked up in the great white bed she was to share with her mother, and lay looking about the pleasant chamber, while Mrs. Peck ran home for a minute to see that all was safe there for the night. After the merry din the house seemed very still, with only a light step now and then, the murmur of voices not far away, or the jingle of sleigh-bells from without, and the little girl rested easily among the pillows, thinking over the pleasures of the day too wide awake for sleep. There was no lamp in the chamber, but she could look into the pretty bird-room, where the firelight still shone, on flowery walls, deserted tree, and Christ-child floating above the green. Jill's eyes wandered there and lingered till they were full of regretful tears, because the sight of the little angel recalled the words spoken when it was hung up, the good resolution she had taken then, and how soon it was broken. I said I couldn't be bad in that lovely place, and I was a cross, ungrateful girl. After all they'd done for Mommy and me. Poor Jack was hurt the worst, and he was brave, though he did scream. I wish I could go tell him so, and hear him say, All right. Oh, me, I've spoiled the day. A great sob choked more words, and Jill was about to have a comfortable cry when someone entered the other room, and she saw Frank doing something with a long cord and a thing that looked like a tiny drum. Quiet as a bright-eyed mouse, Jill peeped out wondering what it was, and suspecting mischief, for the boy was laughing to himself as he stretched the cord, and now and then bent over the little object in his hand, touching it with great care. Maybe it's a torpedo to blow up and scare me. 
Jack likes to play tricks. Well, I'll scream loud when it goes off, so he will be satisfied that I am dreadfully frightened, thought Jill, little dreaming what the last surprise of the day was to be. Presently, a voice whispered, I say, are you awake? Yes. Anyone there but you? No. Catch this, then. Hold it to your ear and see what you'll get. The little drum came flying in, and, catching it, Jill, with some hesitation, obeyed Frank's order. Judge of her amazement when she caught in broken whispers these touching words. Sorry I was cross. Forgive and forget. Start fair tomorrow. All right, Jack. Jill was so delighted with this handsome apology that she could not reply for a moment, then steadied her voice and answered back in her sweetest tone. I'm sorry, too. Never, never will again. Feel much better now. Good night, you dear old thing. Satisfied with the success of his telephone, Frank twitched back the drum and vanished, leaving Jill to lay her cheek upon the hand that wore the little ring and fall asleep, saying to herself with a farewell glance at the children's saint, dimly seen in the soft gloom, I will not forget. I will be good. End of chapter 6